Welcome to Welcome to the Hollowell Manor. I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And we're here to discuss Season 3, Episode 9. Coyote Piper. Okay, so I was really, really pleasantly surprised by this episode because, I mean, I feel like this is already, I mean, it's our time freeze already. Do you remember Coyote Ugly? Do you remember that I was going to ask you if you remembered. I remember it being a movie and it's like... And it was also an actual bar, right? Where there were, like, sexy lady bartenders. Um, I don't know if it was an actually a bar. Maybe they made... I, I'm sure lots of bars like that popped up after the movie. I don't know why I said that. I know it was actually a bar. I actually read a book written by a woman who auditioned to... Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Which... Uh, she wasn't, like, uh... She, she didn't actually work there. The book's not about that. But she, she was a really good dancer, and she auditioned, uh... To be one of the sexy ladies who dances on the bar top? Yeah. And then she, uh, she got the callback, but she's like, you know what? Actually, I don't want to do this. Yeah, I can, I can see that. Also, I just keep thinking, you can't dance on the surface where you serve food and drink. How do they even do that there? I have no idea. Why does the health inspector not shut that down? But I was kind of expecting this to be, like, that later episode where they just straight up do Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh-huh. But really, the Coyote Ugly thing is such a small part of the episode, I feel like it kind of got slotted in afterwards. I mean, the only real thing is that she puts on a sexy outfit and dances on top of the bar. That's that's it. But, like, it really isn't connected to the main plot yeah, at all. Yeah, not at all. Not at all. It, it really just felt like they were like, okay, we need to capitalize off something that's big right now. I can't imagine that those uh, businesses survived. You saw that thing about how restaurants are dying, right? Yeah, millennials don't want to... Millennials don't want their, their chicken with a side of sexual harassment, so we, we killed off the restaurant. Mm. Which, I mean, they're, they're a creepy concept in the first place, but like... Oh, it's the same... Th- I mean, it's sort of an extension of the same thing with, you know... Applebee's and all those other restaurants are in trouble because it's not particularly good food, but it's at priced. You can go to a pretty nice Thai restaurant for the same uh, price of Applebee's. Well, okay, depending on where you live. Yes, depending on where you live. There are lots of places where those kind of um, like weird mid-range sit-down casual restaurants are basically all there is. It's just, it's just a... A big expanse of Applebee's and Chili's is as far as the eye can see. That is a solid point. I have, uh, I've never lived at a place where I didn't have better options for relatively the same price. Yeah, yeah, so. But I think, I think millennials are killing that just because we don't eat out as much. Yeah. Also, I, I know this is a thing, but you should learn how to cook. Cooking is good. It's a good skill to acquire. Uh-huh. Well, I... Going out to eat, like, not everyone has to cook every meal. No, I know. I'm, I'm just saying there's a there's a thing I've seen about Backlash, too. It, it was specifically about uh, this thing I don't want to get into. It's a whole... Gen- it, it, it was a discussion about gendered skills. Oh, oh, okay. And how, like, there are some people who... Uh, don't want to cook because who don't want to learn how to cook because they don't want to you know oh sure sure yeah i i just don't want to shame our uh people myself included who sometimes after working all day just want to call pizza (laughs) yeah yeah obviously there's no issue with that but 
you should learn how to cook at least a few things. Like, it's not sexist to know how to cook. That's not a thing. Yes. That's not a thing you should worry about. You should be able to take care of yourself. And yeah, part millennials, of millennials, we should we should set our sights on actually i think we're we're old enough now that we're not killing things anymore i think it's gen z now mm. gen z should set their sights on gendered labor a lot of it's just life skills you need to learn how to do your own laundry and cook it it's it's not these are good things to know back to charm though okay so speaking of time freeze and charmed yeah uh this episode centers around piper going to her 10-year high school reunion mm. It feels like around this time, there were a lot of stories about 10-year high school reunions. Mm -hmm. I assume because most people in the writer's room were 28 at that time. Okay, okay. I feel like this kind of... There's an issue with this because Phoebe was barely 21 in season one. Uh There's no way Piper should be going to her 10-year high school reunion at this point unless she... Because she's at most what... She was, like, four when uh, Phoebe was born. Because we saw her as a... Because she's the middle child. She's the middle child, and we saw her as a very little girl uh, when they went back in time to the 70s when uh, Patty was pregnant with Phoebe. Yeah, she was definitely younger than seven when Phoebe was born. So, oh, yeah. But let's... What is time? As we liked to say on our previous podcast. Yes, what is time? So, yes... Piper should probably not be going to her 10-year high school reunion here, but whatever. Also, speaking of things millennials killed, are are, are high school reunions even a thing anymore? I got an invite to my 10-year a few years ago, but I'm like, Facebook, A, I barely remember high school. I don't really care to reconnect with anyone. It's the sort of thing I guess I would have gone to if I still lived in the same town, maybe, but like... I feel like high school reunions aren't really a thing anymore. Facebook, we all know what everyone's up to. Yeah, I really have no idea. I did get an invite to my tenure when that happened, and I did not go. And I did not get any sort of invite to my 20-year, which would have happened a couple of years ago. So I'm just going to assume it didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah, Or Or else nobody invited me. One of those two things. But, I mean, what's the point now? I mean, you know what everyone's up to, or you would if you wanted to. Well, yes, because you're right. The point of a high school reunion is to show everyone else how good you are doing, which, as you say, that's what Facebook is for. And speaking of, the episode opens with Prue and Leo looking at the board of kids from the 10-year high school reunion and we see a very very uh yeah there's revenge uh, of the nerd style picture of piper yes there's a before and after board which they've created for the high school reunion because i guess it's part of piper's job piper seems to be in charge of a lot of this yeah they're they're having the they're having the reunion at p3 and piper's doing a lot of the organizing but she's not in charge. She's not in charge. It is taking place at her club, and she's doing a lot of the organizing, but she's not, strictly speaking, in charge. Yeah, no, she's she's doing the kind of organizing that any venue owner would be doing, but not the, like, all right, this is what we're going to do. We're going to get up, and we're going to talk about all the superlatives, and we're going to see where they are now, and we're going to give away a, an award for whoever got the best job, and... 
Least distance traveled. Most improved odor. Exactly, right? Like, that's not the kind of thing the venue owner would do. Honestly, I... I, Although she is making this board. I don't mind that cheat. It feels like this is just a cheat so that we can get the picture of her in high school. nerd. Yes. Oh, my God. It's the most ridiculous picture, too. Because it's just, like, Holly Combs in glasses with her hair not styled. Like, making... Fake braces. Oh, and, and fake braces. They've sheened up her forehead a whole bunch. God, it's, it's ridiculous. Oh, and speaking of ridiculous, then Piper comes down the stairs in this dress the thing this is the thing about charmed where i'm like she looks pretty i I mean she looks gorgeous holly marie combs is a gorgeous woman but leo and uh are like oh so that's what you're wearing you look good and she's like i'm gonna go upstairs and change again i'm like she looks fine she looks perfectly good in that dress oh no well okay so again styles change this show is 10 years old also this show had 20 years old now oh my god also, this show had a weird sense of style to begin with, so he, who even knows if this was intended, but the dress has a very slim silhouette, except that it has this weird bunchy lace thing around the bottom that is really, really ugly. So, I don't know. I don't know if that was meant to be ugly or not, but I, it's not my cup of tea. But you're right. I mean, yeah, Holly Marie Combs looks fine, but I, the, if I was going to wear that dress, I would chop the bottom of it off. Mm. Well, the way Leo and uh, Prue react to it, we can assume it's supposed to be a bad dress in-universe. We kind of need the cues from the people in-universe. Yeah. Like, um, in that movie we were watching where they had to tell us whether the singers were good or not. The Christmas movie. The Mistletones! Yeah. Which, by the way, was a great movie. Seriously, if you're looking for, like, fun, bad Christmas movies, The Mistletones is... It's, it's pretty great. I wouldn't even say it was fun bad. I would because I think it was doing what it intended to do. Yes, Tori Spelling really leaned into the ridiculously cartoonish villain. It's a it's a lot of fun. Yes. So, Piper goes up to change because she can sense the reticence of her fiance, fiance, yes, and sister. Okay, so I'm trying to decide: is the problem with the outfit that it's too dressy? Like, she's trying too hard to show how sexy she is now? Yeah, I think that's supposed to be the problem, that she she's too vivacious or whatever. And uh, Prue's, like, talking to Lou, you know, behind her, and she's like, Jan Brady syndrome, ignored middle child, huge fucking nerd. And uh, Piper's like, not helping, Prue. Oh. <laughs> uh. But the dress aside, Piper's really frustrated about going to this reunion and how she can't show off to all her classmates because she can't show what an awesome life she has because she can't tell them that she's a super powerful witch now or that her sexy fiancé is a guardian angel. angel. And, yeah, she's like, I'm just going to come off like a big loser because... You know, I can't tell them about my magic powers or angel boyfriend. It's like, you do own a successful club where the event is taking place. And you look like Holly Marie Combs. Come on. Also, you have a hot boyfriend who's a handyman. Like, this, I know this is before the rise of the himbo, but like... Come on. Well, she she talks about Leo. She's like, instead of being able to say, ooh, look at my hot angel fiance, I'm going to have to be like, look at this unemployed loser I'm engaged to. Which he's right there. He's right there. Okay, so um, then we get to the part. Well, oh. Leo, Leo's like, shouldn't your high school reunion be fun? Like you're you're gonna 
hang out with all your old friends. And Piper's like, ugh, you were popular in high school, weren't you? And he's like, eh. He's like, I was a child in the 1930s. It's not... Adolescence wasn't really a thing when I was around. Yeah, I, I looked it up. And although the term teenager had not been coined yet, it was not coined until the 40s. Uh, the concept of teenagers did start in the 20s with the advent of the miniskirt. Interesting. Okay, see, I always thought the baby boomers were really the first adolescents the way we know adolescents. Okay. No, it, it started in the 20s, but the sort of accepted codification of teenagers as a sort of subset thing. Like, they didn't have the name teenagers until the 40s, but they were starting to become a thing before, you know world wars happened oh i'm so glad you looked that up that's that's great all right but i guess leo could have still been popular in school it's uh but obviously his experience in high school would have been vastly different from yeah yeah i he, your experiences are not relatable to your fiance piper do they forget that i mean they have trouble with that anyway again we can kind of assume that past lives episode is out of continuity because leo had a past life in that during a period when he would have been alive as a child. Well, okay, there, maybe maybe time is wonky and you can have parallel past lives. Like past lives that are ongoing while you're a child? Yeah. I just prefer to assume that that episode's entirely out of continuity because it was really bad. Yeah, I think, I think it's best that we just not worry about timelines in this show. <laughs> okay, generally when we're doing this show... I don't like to give away our premonition mm-hmm. early in the episode. But Where we look into the past, present, and future and see who is, was, or will become famous. But it is impossible to do that here because the alchemist, the villain of this episode, appears. Yes, we cut from Piper running upstairs to change again to the underworld, somewhere in the underworld. And I'm sorry, but I can't see the alchemist as anything except... Assistant to the regional source of all evil. Yes. We go into the lair of the alchemist where he is arguing with the sexy lady he created because that's a thing in magic shows. You create sexy people to have sex with. Even the charmed ones do it. But this character, the alchemist, is in fact played by Dwight from The Office. Rain Wilson. Rain Wilson. Okay. You, do, you, do you follow him on Twitter at all? Uh, yeah. No, he's a... He's a yeah. Did you see he posted a headshot of him when he was like, okay, there was a period where I was trying to do sexy, and oh. this headshot is from when I was trying to do sexy. Oh, that's interesting, because I listened to The Office Ladies. Mm-hmm. The, where The podcast. The podcast, The Office Ladies, right, where Pam and Angela, or Jenna and Angela, Angela go through episodes of The Office one by one and, you know, kind of get behind the scenes stuff. It's Usually those kind of recap podcasts, when they're done by the people who are on the show, are not good. Office Ladies is a huge exception. Mm. And they talked about how Rain Wilson... They talk about Rain Wilson a lot. And I guess he one of the things was he always wanted to get his shirt off whatever he could because he thought it was hilarious. He was like... He was like, my pasty skin, it's hilarious. And like, the, the weird slicked back middle part hair that he has like rain wilson came up with that he was like i want it to be as ridiculous looking as possible i just he's a man who managed to for the sake of comedy forego all ego and i respect that Mm. 
but uh, okay so the alchemist is having an argument with his creation a sexy oh lady. wait sorry i wanted to tell a fun story about oh song. go for it okay so be- yeah before we go on i have to tell my ring wilson story uh which is okay so do you remember the movie house of a thousand corpses yes yes i do okay so i went to see that movie and i hated it and it was it really disturbed me because i like slasher movies mm-hmm. but i do not like torture porn movies, which that movie is. And this was, like, at the rise of torture porn movies, so I was just not ready for what it was. Mm-hmm. And it really disturbed me. Like, I got upset thinking about it. If I saw trailers for it, like, before another movie, I would get I would get upset all over again. And one of the most disturbing sequences to me was the one where the, the you know... Murder family. The murder family, thank you. Uh, where the murder family turns the one guy into, like, a merman with taxidermy and the thing is that was rain wilson pre the office so i was kind of able to erase that trauma by going back and being like that's not scary that's rain wilson come on yeah that was his x-men character in the office captain merman oh yeah which i just want to point out the whole captain naming tradition isn't really a thing within the context of the x-men but whatever he was a sea captain. <laughs> yes. By the way, did you hear that Rob Zombie is doing the mo- uh, the Monsters reboot? Not. Ex- I, it makes sense to me, but uh, I, honestly, I, I might be okay with that if it's meant to be comedic and it's not a lot of, like... That's the thing. Like, I, I saw a lot of people were defending him because a lot of people were dunking on it because he cast his wife as Lily Monster because his wife's always in his well, movies. Well, yeah, he cast his... Yeah, that's and, what he does. And... I don't know if people are actually dunking on that. I saw a lot of people defending his, you know, him being a wife guy. And I'm like, okay, that's great. He's a wife guy, whatever. I My issue is that he does basically the same movie over and over and over again, where a bunch of, you know, low-income rural Americans kill less low-income, less rural Americans. That's every movie he does. Well, that's the thing. Um, Like, I... I don't like House of a Thousand Corpses. I don't like torture porn in general, but it did in it did inspire feelings in me. Like so, I'm not opposed to seeing him do something different it, if he is going to do something different. It's his Halloween movie shouldn't feel the same as his Devil's Rejects movies. Those should feel like very different things. I feel like he only has one move that he does for everything. I agree, but I feel like he can't do that with the monsters. If he does. I, if he does, I re- retain the the right to be like, nope, never mind, I was wrong, it's trash. But, you know. I'm kind of disappointed that Munster's attempted reboot didn't get off the ground. Because the Munster- Mockingbird Lane. Mockingbird Lane. What a great title. Yeah, and I watched the episode when they released it, and it was pretty solid. And it's not like the Munster's was good to begin with. So The Munster's is so ripe for a reboot because it could be so fun. And the show is so, like... It's not good. It's a thing where it's a solid concept because, I mean, it's a really solid, incredibly basic concept. So you can get the name recognition without having any expectations. Exactly. Yeah. So anyway, in the alchemist's lair, he's arguing with his sex doll person. Uh, Yeah, his, his, his golem that he made out of his own blood, which, by the way, I mean... I get that, I get that he is one of those demons who, like, deals with Earth and, like, does Earth things. Mm-hmm. 
but she's wearing a very modern 90s outfit. She's wearing an outfit that matches the vibe of the rest of the world, even though I think it's supposed to look like a modern take on of I Dream of Jeannie. Yeah, yeah, I can really see that. Honestly, and this is not something I say about Charmed very often, but both of their outfits look weirdly comfortable because he's basically wearing silk pajamas. It's a very different aesthetic than demons usually have in this show. Is yeah. he a demon? He's referred to as an alchemist. Um, maybe he's just like a sort of ascended warlock. I mean, he lives in the underworld. And we're, he... we're assuming they might just live in like a sewer or something. <laughs> they might just. I no, no, I'm pretty sure this is the underworld. Because she but... does come out of a grate after she gases out. Okay, okay. That, I mean, that's a good point. Uh, is San Francisco really set up for? Uh, well, we know they have a complex sewer system because of. Are there a bunch of like tunnels under San Francisco? There might be. Isn't San Francisco one of those cities that has a bunch of tunnels under it? I think you might be thinking of... Wasn't wasn't that Seattle that it was built over old Seattle and that was the thing with uh, us, the movie? Because I know... I mean, I know you're right. There are cities that are built over old cities. I don't know if San Francisco is one of them, though. Hmm. Yeah. Atlanta has a tunnel system underneath it. Oh, that might have been from us. Or... Uh, there was a city that had a whole underground built for train stuff that, and then that just never ended up getting off the ground. So they have all of it, but I don't remember. Oh, that might be a bit. Uh, I'm sure there are people who are screaming at us right now because this is, oh, this is a very interesting area that has been explored a lot. Well, but... let us know. <laughs> In the meantime, they are underground somewhere. I think, I think the alchemist is a demon. I think, I think it's just he's a demon and alchemist is his job the way, like, there are there's a demon later who's the seer. Yeah, who's not the same as the seer. Charisma Carpenter's character, Kira, is the seer, even though she's just really a seer. Yeah, yeah. And there's a different character who's the seer. And then there's a third character who's the oracle. Ugh. <laughs> and then there's the crone who also sees the oh, future. Oh, right, which... and the crone. <laughs> I guess it... You know what, Phoebe? Phoebe's not really uh, bringing anything new to the table. It's a thing in early Charmed where the demons are after the Charmed One's powers because, you know, they're so powerful and special and all that. Mm -hmm. But it really seems like a lot of people can do what they do. Yeah. I mean, a lot of demons seem to be telekinetic. And uh. would a demon really have use for Piper's power because it doesn't affect good witches? Oh, no, no, no. That, that would still work because, um... Like, you don't have to freeze the person. You could, like, get really creative and do something like freeze their car when they're on the highway so that they go flying out of it. Okay, yeah, but telekinesis would also accomplish... Like, I, I, I'm just saying, I, I guess the big thing about getting the power of three is having the power of three. The big thing about get getting the... the power of three is them not having it. Yes, is about them not having the ability to vanquish you. So, anyway, the uh, sexy... Is she Tara. a golem? Um, no, she's not a golem. Uh, because I feel like that would be... That's a specific... If Th anything, that's she's... very, very specific, and it's a Jewish thing. That it's a, yeah. If anything, I'm not saying that... I feel like Charm does it later anyway, but... I would say she's a homunculus. Yes. So, she's, a, she's tired of literally being a sex object, so she's like... You know what? I'm, I'm I'm out of here. I'm going to kill this body, find a new body, and then, uh, you know, 
F you, I'm out. She stabs herself in the stomach and turns into a ghast, and Dwight's like, No, you belong to me! Okay, it looks like she stabs herself in the stomach. I mean, she does stab herself in the stomach, but she we will learn from dialogue later that the only way to escape a body is to stab herself in the heart. Mm. It's meant to be her heart. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a fake body, so... Oh, yeah, he could put the heart anywhere! <laughs> yeah. All right. So... She smokes out, like, her essence escapes the body, and it comes up through a grate to possess a kind of skeezy businessman. I love this actor so much. (laughs) He's, like, this kind of weaselly business guy. He's so good. This guy has kind of real strong Ted Raimi energy. Oh, yeah, I can totally see that. He's on on an important business call, and he's, uh... Talking about the important video game he's going to make, which is a weird thing to be talking about. He's talking about the music for the video. He's like, no, kids are tired of rap. Rap's passe now. We need to get some ska music. It's weird that he's not talking about, like, the business case. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a very specific thing that he's a video game executive who is concerned about not having the most popular music of the time. Actually, I think he's talking about metal I'm like, is this a very weird, specific uh, thing about Mortal Kombat? I was actually wondering if the writer was targeting a specific person that they didn't like. (laughs) This guy does seem like a very specific takedown. Anyway, uh, Tara possesses his body and very, very dark willow. She's like, looks at this, because he's talking on the cell phone. And she's like, bye now, and hangs (laughs) up the phone. His soul has left his body, and she's like, yep, you're just a, you're just a lost soul now. I'm the only one who could see you, and you're definitely gonna die, so, bye! Luckily, uh, this whole thing happens next to one of those mirrored buildings, because you can only see lost souls in mirrors. And the guy's like, what happened to me? Uh, he, he's wearing, I guess, ethereal pajamas. Yeah. Okay. This is a thing I've noticed the past couple of episodes, but I haven't really brought it up yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not really getting the two tons of establishing shots at the beginning of episodes it's anymore. It's true! Yes! I, they had enough story to fill out the episode. Yeah, we've just been diving right in, which is, I, I believe that the 2,000 shots of San Francisco do eventually come back. But I, I feel like it is part of the show hitting its stride that we don't have all of those establishing shots anymore. Yeah, we should keep an eye on if it's the weaker episodes that have the longer tracking shots. So, back at the Hollowell Manor, the pendulum has swung way too far in the other direction. Oh my god, Piper is now wearing a black suit with pearls and her hair up in a tight bun. She like, looks like she's going to a business funeral. Business funeral. Yeah. Anyway, she's all like, ugh, I just... I hate these people. They're all terrible. And I need to go impress them. You don't need to impress terrible people. Yeah. Again, like, I mean, I know I had a, I probably didn't have the same high school experience as a lot of people, but I don't super, like, I I have literally no strong feelings about anyone I went to high school with. Like, I guess it's because I didn't have as stressful a a time in high school as a lot of people do, but I, I, I don't care what people from high school think about me well just a weird thing just like a weird quirk i was one of the only people in my grade that was in the drama club except for like one other person who is a person that i uh, still am in contact with 
and all of my friends were in the drama club, so there was no point in going to the reunion because none of my friends were class of 99. Mm. In fact, when that when that tenure announcement came up oh so long ago i messaged that one friend and was like are you going and he was like um no i'm living in asia right now and i was like okay well then i'm not going so Prue's like okay let's pull away from your weird obsessive clothing changing thing for a second to uh, say hey What's up with Phoebe? You notice how she seemed kind of bummed out ever since we blew up her boyfriend? Ever since she had to kill her boyfriend. Yes, ever since she had to kill her boyfriend, which we didn't see, but we're assuming she did because she told us she did. Like, come on, Phoebe, it was just your boyfriend. Get over it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, so they ask her to go to the reunion with them at P3 and, like, help out. And she's like, no, I have a lot of studying to do. I'm going to be... At the library all night. And so they leave her to it and start to load up the car when, like, a sexy guy in a leather jacket with a hoodie underneath, because it's San Francisco still. It's Piper's Ducky. Yes. Yeah. Leo's like, who's that? And Bruce's like, oh, don't worry about him. He likes me, not Piper. Yes, it was. it's Piper's best friend from high school, Justin, who used to have a mega crush on Prue. Also, throughout the episode, there's a weird thing where people uh, keep on pointing out that Piper still lives at home. She doesn't still live at home. She owns her childhood home. Like, that's a, that's a huge difference. Yeah, like she was taking care of her sick grandmother who lived in a house that has to be worth millions san francisco realty and then her grandmother died and she just kept living in the house like right everybody's like piper you still live at home and she's like and and she's not but should be like no it's just my whole family died and now i live in the inherited historical san francisco mansion we have like what the hell people seriously oh uh, but Prue, as I said, tells Leo that this guy had a crush on her, but then he says to her the four most devastating words you can say to a person you already know. Nice to meet you. Ah. Yes. Yes, and Prue is devastated. This is this guy's going to be her one episode love interest because Prue's getting just a ton of them this season. I hate this guy, though, because, spoiler for the end of the episode, he's, he's purposefully negging her. That's not okay. It's, it's just, it's gross. Don't take people who do that. So, across the street, uh, Tara, in the body of random businessman, is stalking the Charmed Ones because she knows that Dwight is going to be after her, and she kind of needs him to be killed so she can just live her life, yeah, as she, it were. She wants the Charmed Ones to vanquish him so that, yeah, she can just be her. Honestly, if it weren't for the fact that she has to kill a person and take their body to exist i would be so on her side i'm still mostly on her side like, i mean piper kind of points it out later in the episode where she's like you know you could have just come to us and we could have like magically built you a body and vanquished the guy who's after you right like that's something that we are very much capable of they probably could have like figured out a spell to make her another body out of blood the way the alchemist did yeah yeah so phoebe goes to the place where she blew up coal uh 
Well, the place where she did not blow up Cole. And she exposits to us, the audience. I mean, to Cole, but to us, the audience, where she's like, Oh, Cole, I feel so guilty that I didn't kill you and I told my sisters that I did, but I love you so much. I hope you can hear me wherever you are. I, I just, I need guidance. And she touches the tombstone near where Cole faked his death. And she has a postmonition. Yes, yes. Of... Cole's mom murdering Cole's dad in his in his little Victorian mustache with and his, top with hat. With his bowler hat, yes. <laughs> and then she, she looks at the grave that they're at and she's like, wait, Cole was old. Did, was did you not know this already? a much older man. Yes, and this is where, I mean, we, we it was established last episode, but this is where we're like, oh, right, Cole's half human. Mm-hmm. We literally get to see him being half human. I wonder why his mom blew him up. I mean... Because he was a demon. She was a demon. Oh, because he was a human. Because she was a demon. Okay, so she just waited until Cole was like, what, four? Oh, no. She was holding him. He was at least... He was like two. It seems like a weird amount of time to wait before blowing up the guy who got you pregnant. <laughs> she wasn't sure if she wanted another one. She had to wait till she knew she had a good one. I mean, honestly, she should have... She should have kept him around. Cole's the best character in the show. Oh, and just had like a whole army of Coles. Yeah. 19 Coles and counting. Meanwhile, uh, meanwhile, Piper is getting mean girls by her old high school bully. Yeah, okay, so, like, Missy is giving- Missy is this girl's name. And she's like, a stereotypical 80s movie bully. And she's like- Hey, can you do me a favor and take out the trash? Thanks. Which, by the way, is like a totally normal thing to ask a person to do if they were running the venue. But also she like clearly means it meanly. And then Piper does. And Prue's like, hey, I have to go remind her that she's the boss. She should be telling one of these underlings to take out the trash. Yeah, Prue has kind of a classism issue. Between this and her unpersoning the homeless guy last episode. Yeah. He's nobody. Like, Prue Prue might have some issues she needs to work on, but she's going to ride to Piper's defense. And uh, Josh, is that the name of the guy? The Piper's high school friend guy? I forget. Piper's high school friend guy's like, no, she needs to learn how to fight her own battles. Remember when she was running for freshman class president, but she was too nervous to finish her speech, so you got up and finished it for her? Oh my god. Yeah, that would be, no. I, I, if I were Piper, I don't think I could ever go back to that school. That's the sort of thing that would just, it would destroy you. Yeah. And she's like, wait, you do remember me? And he's like, yeah, I was just fucking with you because... I had to because you had so much power over me in high school. But I don't date women like you anymore. I don't date women that I'm too attracted to because then they have all the power. Oh, that's healthy. Yeah, this guy's like a proto pickup artist. What's Piper's friend's name again? I don't remember. Jason, Justin. Joshua? Joshua. Joshua. Jethro. Anyway. Jeremy. He... <sighs> Wait, what's wrong with Jeremy? That was Piper's demon fiancé. There can be more than one Jeremy. Yes. Anyway, he and Prue have this little, like, passive-aggressive, oh, snobby, popular girls aren't on my list because Prue was incredibly popular in high school, apparently. He specifically says he doesn't want to be with 
a woman that he's too attracted to because then they have all the power and that's some that's some bullshit and she comes back at him later you know oh i wouldn't date a younger man yeah he's a year two two years younger than you three not 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 i I think maybe one or two whatever prue so prue goes over to tend to piper's feelings because piper is not having fun she is a she feels just like the awkward nerd she was in high school and not like the powerful witch she is in real life. And also, she's a business owner and incredibly attractive. Right? Prue's like, you shouldn't be taking out the trash. And Piper's like, yeah, but Missy told me to. And Prue's like, do you want me to beat her up? I can beat her up. And Piper's like, I could beat her up myself if that's what I wanted to do. But no, I'm too shy and unassuming, which, okay, Piper. <laughs> but no, no, that's fair, though. Like, when you're around a person who makes you feel like you did when you were a kid, which is clearly what's going on here. They call it revertigo. Yes, thank you for that How I Met Your Mother reference. So, Tara in the body of video game guy follows her into the alleyway as she takes out the trash, and he's like, hey, you want to see a magic trick? And stabs himself in the heart, and Piper's like, okay, if this is a demon thing, it seems a little counterproductive. <laughs> Well, so then, of course, the demon goes into Piper, and we see Piper's spirit is out of her body. And the demon Tara, like, looks at the dead guy and goes, thanks for the lift. And then she throws, like, a sh- they're in the alley, so she throws a sheet over him, so or like a tarp, so yeah. that he's not found immediately. By the way, soul pajamas look pretty comfortable. They do, yeah. Because as a soul, you're wearing these, like, white pajamas, these white golden pajamas. I mean, they're clearly, like, angel outfits. Do you think if you're going to hell, you get, like, a different outfit? Like a sackcloth? I I guess, uh, guess video game guy is not a bad person, because he was wearing the white pajamas. I mean, you could be a dick and still be, like, a decent human. Yeah. Okay. Uh, He was fun and... (laughs) So, okay, this scene is the scene that made me love this episode. So Tara is now in the body of Piper, of course. And she comes in, and she doesn't know anything about Piper, so she's going to try to fake it. So she takes a shot, and Prue comes over, still thinking it's Piper, to try to, like, talk her up, help her out. And her Missy, her bully, comes over and is like, Hey, can you go do a lot of grunt work for me, Piper? And Piper's like, okay. And Prue says, you don't have to take that from her. And Tara says, oh, I don't? Hey, bitch, fuck off! (laughs) It's great. (laughs) I love how Tara's kind of trying to feel out the situation, but she doesn't seem overtly worried about getting caught. I mean, what are they going to do? The only way to get her out of the body is to stab it in the heart. Yeah, she, she is speaking from a position of power. Piper very briefly breaks through and she's like, Prue, help! And Prue's like, what? And Piper, Tara, is like, uh, help me get the hors d'oeuvres like Missy said? Or whatever, I'm gonna go do something else. Oh, I just have to point something out here. Um, Missy, when she asked Piper to do a bunch of grunt work, told her Heather needs help. And that has to be a reference, right, to Heather's, which of course Shannon Doherty was in as Mm, one of the Heathers. Yeah. Meanwhile, <laughs> Jesus Christ, I can't take Rain Wilson seriously as anyone. I can't see anything except white. And he's doing this voice, which would be perfectly fine as just a, you know, generic demon from Charmed. 
Ooh, I'm using my villain powers. This is how villains and charmed talk. Except it's Dwight. And I'm just like, oh, it's Recyclops. Recyclops <laughs> is using his recycling powers to look into the trash and see if there's a corpse he can use. Which there is. So he sees the corpse of the video game guy and he reanimates it and he's like, hey, what, where'd, where'd Tara go? And the guy's like, hey, I'm stabbed. Oh no, she stabbed me. I'm sorry. I love this guy. He's in a little bit of this episode, but he's very, he's very cartoonish, but in like a fun way. It's like if French Stewart wasn't irritating. Oh yeah. Like remember, I can, I, can, I can see that. Yeah. Like remember the boring guy that Prue went out on a date with in the French Stewart Genie episode. Yes. And how he got possessed by French Stewart, and then he was doing a French Stewart impression, but the actor pulled it off a lot better, <laughs> so it was less annoying than you know when French Stewart is being himself. Yes. I don't mean to slam on French Stewart so much here, but this guy, he's a lot of fun. But he gives Rain Wilson the information, you know. He tells the alchemist that his body got stolen by some lady, and then as soon as she found a different lady, she stabbed him and took the new lady's body. He also tells Dwight where the house is, the the Hallowell Manor, mm -hmm. and that the reason that Tara was interested in those sisters is because she wanted their help to uh, protect her from someone who could it be. And then Dwight's like, okay, cool, got all the information I need. <laughs> Yeah, you're dead again. I do like that this guy just straight up has the power to bring people back from the dead. I mean, death means nothing in the Charmed universe, but, like, he just brings them back. Not as zombies, not as, like, weird spectral things. It's just, whoop, back from the dead. Yeah, huh. This will be important later in the episode. But, I mean, I guess it makes sense that, yeah, I mean, outside of the Dort, there's not really any... There's not really anything that has, like, heft to it death-wise. Yeah, I mean, especially as this show goes on, we're going to be crossing, I was going to say into the underworld, like, a lot, but also we're going to be crossing into White Lighter Land a lot. Or, should I say, the top of the Golden Gate Bridge? Well, it's mostly a thing we see with Grams, but also when Patty comes back a few times... Ghosts can just come back to the real world, not even as ghosts. Patty has her regular ass body when she comes back, sometimes. Yeah, death is meaningless unless you get sent to super hell. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, basically. So we see Phoebe. God, Phoebe's whole plot feels just so completely unrelated to the rest of the episode. It really does, especially because she's at, like, an office of vital records. How is this open late at night? There's no way this office is open, but she's trying to get information about the historical Cole Turner, and she finds out that he is 115 years old. Still younger than Buffy's boyfriends. I like how Cole's dad was like 29 when he was mysteriously killed. Yes. But I don't exactly get what Phoebe's doing. I mean, I guess she wants to find out about Cole, but... Phoebe is looking for evidence that he is good. That his human half can win out and be good over his demon half to, like, justify what she did because she's feeling super guilty right now. It doesn't really seem like the thing... It doesn't really seem like the sort of thing the Hall of Records would be able to help you out with, but, yeah. Yeah, this is, like, a much more emotional journey with her. I don't know if Julian McMahon wasn't available or if they wanted to focus on Piper's plot, which... They great, should. It's yeah, so good. Good for them. But 
I feel like this is an emotional journey and not, like, a research journey. It would have played a lot better with her... Researching Belthazar, honestly. I was gonna say having a conversation with Cole. Yes. So. Like, maybe instead of her being at the Historical Society... I know I said Vital Records. I think it was, like, a Historical Society office. Instead of her being there, it would have made more sense if she was, like, wherever he was hiding out and they were having a conversation. I like how not invested the historical lady is because she's like she's very casual about the whole thing because phoebe's like i need all the information you have on cole turner and she's like well he uh he was born to blah and blah and he disappeared in blah but he's probably not alive because he'd be 115 okay so now now i want to look up hot guys from the victorian era and go to who lived here in this city and go to the office of vital records acting all squirrely and getting their information yeah except that most of it's digitized and i have access to all those digital records because of my job but it's worth i, I need to do it with a person so back at the manor Tara is trying to figure out, you know, what are Piper's powers? How can Piper defend Tara against, you know, Dwight? And she's talking to Piper's spirit, trying to get Piper's spirit to tell her. And Piper's spirit is like, no? (laughs) No? This is a really, really, like, I don't want to say overdone thing, but it's a lot of... A lot of possession stories have this kind of scene in them, but it really plays here. I love... I, this, this sounds weird because it's just Holly Marie Combs talking to Holly Marie Combs, but I love the dynamic that Tara and Piper have playing off one another. Yes, they, they they were right here at Charmed Central to give the possession plot to Holly Marie Combs, the strongest of the sisters as far as acting goes. Because she does feel like two very different characters, even though they are kind of similar. And obviously they're both played by Holly Marie Combs. Right. Also, I get why they had her do, like, the tight business bun, because it does really help differentiate the two of them from their spectral conversations. Yes. Also, it, like, that no-nonsense attitude really helps with Tara. I feel like even more so than the Coyote Ugly outfit she's going to put on in a couple of minutes. Yeah. It's weird because Tara's very specifically, she was created to be a sex object, but that's not really outside of the coyote ugly dance sequence. That's not really how they play the character. Wait, are you just, do they actually say that? She was created to be like a companion for Dwight, right? Like, I think it might've just been like an, like, assistant, like his Igor. I mean, she was a hot lady. I guess technically they, I, I. I guess they don't really like establish that she was a sex object it just it it seemed obvious well just the way she was dressed and you know yeah but yeah you're right her dress was evocative of i of uh i dream of genie yeah especially because uh, and he he threatened her at one point to put her back in her spirit bottle like yeah. very i dream of genie all right yeah okay yeah i guess she was definitely meant to be a sex object but it's a difference between like objectification and agency like are are you being sexy for yourself or are you created by a male gaze to be sexy for them yeah i mean even even if he wasn't having sex with her if he just created her to be an assistant the fact that that's the body he gave her and that's the way he dressed her right but that's different from her wanting to look sexy herself and go dancing which 
has an added layer to it in the fact that this is fictional and that she was written to do that by someone else because she's not a real person. Like, there's there's so many Inception layers to this. But unlike when I'm... I might be confusing this. It's been a while since I've seen a lot of later terms. But unlike with the Phoebe Stripper Ghost episode... Oof, yeah. Again, Tara's not really an overtly sexual character coyote ugly scene aside Mm -hmm. well even that 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 scene feels more like her just contrasting piper by having a good time Mm. so back at p3 the bully girl from the popular bully girl from high school is being a popular bully girl and prue's dicking around with uh, her using her telekinesis which okay wait here oh i'm sorry go ahead i mean we had a whole Phoebe got burned at the stake, and then you wouldn't help out that guy whose daughter got murdered by the pawn shop owner in that other episode, because it would be personal gain, because you learn the lesson from the dog poop guy who burns Phoebe to death in the future. Uh-huh. But now you're just using your powers to dick around with this random lady? Yeah. Yeah. I, I was gonna say, Missy is her name. Missy. Uh, when she comes up to Prue, she... She asked Prue if Prue can help out the DJ because he's having trouble getting set up. That is a totally reasonable thing to ask her. Although she does say it, like, in a very bitchy tone, so I get it. I totally get it. And Prue's response, as you said, is to... She she messes up the balloon drop. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Jeffrey, Joffrey... Jiminy. Jericho. He, he's, he comments that, uh... Gee, that thing keeps falling down, and Prue's like, yeah, it's because Missy's fucking incompetent. Which, yeah, she's like, yeah, she's used scotch tape. Scotch tape's not gonna hold up anything, which is accurate. Maybe Prue's not actually using telekinesis. (laughs) So, Prue and Jiminy have a little conversation about, you know, oh, maybe we should date. Do you believe in spirits? Do you believe in magic? Yeah, I believe in magic. Do you believe in magic? I mean, I don't really believe in magic. Magic's fake, is it? I. He says he likes believing in stuff like ghosts because it makes life interesting. And... Yeah, ask Andy how interesting that made life for him. Oof, yeah. Yeah. And Prue says that her list of, like, traits in a guy, she definitely will only date a guy who does believe in the supernatural, which... On the one hand, makes sense, and on the other hand, if he doesn't, I know a good way for you to get that trait checked off on your list. So, Tara calls Prue and is like, hey, so I got attacked by a demon in the house, so if you could come over, you know, I'd like your help defeating the demon that attacked me in the house. And Prue's like, did you check the Book of Shadows? And Piper's, Tara, is like, that's a good suggestion. The good old Book of Shadows. <laughs> good old B.O.S. I'm going to run right wherever and find it and look for whoever. She also asks, did you freeze him? And she's like, oh, my power is to freeze things. No, he got away. And she describes the, the demon as having bulging eyes and wild hair, which I guess does kind of describe Bernie Wilson, I guess. And... Now she's just going to sit back and wait for the sisters to come and vanquish Dwight. Yeah. And Ghost Piper points out, she's like, you know, you literally could have just come up to us and asked for your help. And Tara's like, yeah, but now you have to help me. 
so I'm not giving you the room to say no. I mean, to be fair, you did just give several examples of when they would be like, oh, I don't know, helping out this... Helping out this spirit seems like personal gain because I would really because I want to help her. Oh, they they helped out the ghost girl though in the. Uh, oh, I, I know. I just. I mean, this isn't later charmed. Where asking the Hollowells for help is akin to asking for death. Yeah. So Prue calls up Phoebe on her cell phone and is like, "Phoebe, we need to get down to the house and 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 help Piper." And Phoebe's like, "Oh, I'm very far away at the historical society. I am not at the library like I said I was going to be." I had to come down to the Historical Society to finish up my project. And Prue, like, immediately knows that's a lie, even though that's a perfectly cromulent lie, and th- th- she didn't say anything to, like... Seriously. Also, Dwight has normal hair. I know that's backtracking <laughs> a little, but, uh... Yeah. <laughs> so, uh... Tara has found the vanquishing spell in the Book of Shadows, but it is a power of three spell. Uh-oh. So this guy really can only be vanquished by the power of three? I guess he is a demon. I mean, Jeremy was a warlock who needed a power of three spell, but I feel like generally speaking, power of three spells are for stronger demons. Yeah, but also he doesn't seem like he's that powerful that you need a power of three spell, but he, whatever. He really doesn't, but okay. I mean, he needs to need one for the episode to work, but... Yeah, yeah. So, he comes after Tara, and he's gonna suck her into the bottle. Uh-huh. And Tara's like, ha Frozen. Yeah, and she taunts him. She's like, hey, guess what? You pissed off the charmed ones! Also, if the only way that you can be vanquished is by a power of three spell, don't you think you would keep a little bit better tabs on the charmed ones? Yeah, seriously. He should have known he was going into their house, because he should know where they- whatever, whatever. I, I, I shouldn't I shouldn't criticize because this episode is amazing. <laughs> so, uh, Phoebe and Prue pull in. Uh, Tara gives them the spell, and they all read it out loud, and <laughs> Dwight goes, No! I could have helped you, but it's too late! She's... She's... <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a very... It's a very The Ring moment. The... You helped her? I mean... He, he's not using his time well. He could be like, there's a demon in your sister. Blah, 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 blah. But, yeah. yeah, yeah. And he, he drops the bottle, the spirit bottle that Tara can be captured in. And so, of course, Prue and Phoebe run upstairs and they're like, oh, we have to figure out what's going on. We have to use this bottle and figure out what's going on. And Piper's like, um. I'm going to go back to the reunion. This just doesn't seem like a good use of my time. And Prue's like, are you changing your clothes again? And Piper's like, you know what? Yes. Yes, I am. Then, then, real Piper breaks through and is like, Prue, I'm dying! And Prue's like, what? And she goes, dying to get back to that reunion. <laughs> I feel like at this point in the show, they should have, like, a word you say to prove that you're not possessed. Well, okay, so Phoebe figures this out and is pretty good in, in a way that, I think it's Phoebe, it might be Prue, but I, I, I like the... They, they're fast on the uptake, and you're right, they should have a code word, but they do come up with something. Yeah, Phoebe comes clean to Prue. Yeah, because Prue's like, you were obviously lying. Well, Prue, Prue is talking about, you know, you can't trip, because Phoebe's like, the demon said something about there being another demon, and us being in danger, and Prue's like, eh, you can't trust demons, they'll say whatever. And Phoebe's like, you can trust some demons, and, and Prue's like... 
okay are you gonna tell me what was up with the whole historical society thing she's like yeah i was looking for coal i just wanted proof that maybe he wasn't bad because you know i loved him and he loved me and Prue's like hey hey your emotions are dumb that's stupid and you don't have to worry about it because even if you know there was a spark of good in him it doesn't matter because you killed him you killed him until he died from it he is dead gone forever yep Prue's like, let's focus on the demon that is still coming after us right now. And you can deal with your feelings later. Uh, Tara is changing clothes. She wants to be sexy because she's going to enjoy life in her brand spanking new body. And Piper's like, I'm sorry. I know you're doing a whole like fun makeover montage, but my sisters are going to kill you. And if you maybe if you let me have my body back, we could like make a new body for you or something like that option's still on the table. And she's like, um, no, I'm a charmed one now. I'm definitely going to stay a charmed one. And then, you know what? It wasn't Prue or Phoebe. It was Piper herself. She's like, ah, my boyfriend James is going to... Tom. Tom. My boyfriend Tom is going to find you out. Yeah, she says, even if my sisters don't defeat you, my boyfriend Tom will. <laughs> and then... As Leo is orbing and Leo is doing like the slowest orb during this. Also, Tara doesn't notice because she's looking in a different direction, so... Yeah, but it's... the different direction she's looking in is into a mirror. Mm. So, Tara sees Leo and she's like, Oh, you must be my boyfriend who I love. Let me kiss you. And since Leo is not Riley, he's like... I was going to bring up that reference! Yeah. To do our at least one obligatory uh, Buffy reference per episode... Unlike when Faith switched bodies with Buffy, Leo immediately cottons on that something's up with uh, Piper. Uh-huh. He's like, your kisses are weird. And she's like, what are you talking about, Tom? And Leo's like, oh, you're possessed. And she's like, electricity! Which is apparently something she can do. Sure, why not? She she zaps him. and It makes sense if Piper's power is actually to accelerate the movement of molecules. This is explicitly a, uh... Yeah, it's a demon power, I know. Yeah, because apparently she carries her powers with her in her essence. I guess that makes sense. Yeah, that totally makes sense. So, I just have to... Since we made our obligatory Buffy reference, mm -hmm. I have to bring up this new podcast I started listening to. Yes. It's called uh, Buffy the Gilmore Slayer, and it's, it's a couple... Uh, one of whom has seen all of Buffy, but the other one hasn't. And one has seen all of the Gilmore Girls, and the other one hasn't. And every week they watch one episode of each... And they have the same number of episodes, so, you know, they watch season one, episode one of Buffy, season one, episode one of Gilmore Girls, and then they talk about them. Mm -hmm. And they have a reoccurring segment on their show called Meanwhile on Charmed, where it's because neither of them has seen Charmed, and they just read the IMDB review of Charmed <laughs> and talk about what they think is happening in Charmed. Okay, that sounds pretty interesting. I think I kind of want to reach out to them and have them come on an episode. <laughs> Although then, I don't know, they might not be able to do Meanwhile and Charmed anymore. <laughs> yeah. If they actually know stuff about it. Yeah, exactly. So, Tara tells uh, Piper that by the time Tom wakes up, uh, Piper will be gone forever because the electricity blast knocked him out. I feel like, I mean, I guess he does recover faster than a mortal man would. She, she re reassures Piper that she didn't hit him hard enough to kill him. Because yeah. he's too hot to murder. Which, okay but <laughs> whatever but so i guess leo recovered faster than a mortal guy would because he is in the episode later oh yeah totally totally we talked about this a little bit uh about how you can't get hit on the head that hard oh no about uh how white lighters seem to have normal human 
limitations, but they can only be explicitly killed by Darklighter Venom. Oh, yes. Yes, that is true. And they do reference self-healing as something White Lighters are capable of, unless they're attacked by Dark Lighters or, much later in the show, PMS Werewolves. <sighs> That's going to be quite an episode when we get to it. So up in the attic, Phoebe and Prue are talking about how weird Piper was. Phoebe is very, very suspicious, and Prue's like, yeah, we all get weird around high school reunions, which... Okay. Do we? I mean, I, I get... Um, no, no. Seriously, though, when I got my invite to my tenure high school reunion, I, like, looked at a bunch of pictures from high school, like, at the beginning of Romeo and Michelle's high school reunion, and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to my reunion. <laughs> They kind of switch streams, though. Like, at first, Phoebe's like, Piper seemed really out of character. And, and Prue's like, nah. And then she's like, wait, no. Actually, I think you're right. I'm pretty sure she's possessed. Let's write a depossession spell. Dispossession? Dispossession. Dispossession. And the reason they realize she's possessed is because they find the bottle in the Book of Shadows. And they're like, oh, it's an alchemist tool for capturing a spirit. So, yup. Yup. Again, like their fight with the uh, demon last episode, I really do feel like they have gotten into the groove of demon fighting. They really, I, I know I was making fun of Prue not picking up on this faster, but I feel like they are understanding the rules of the world more now. They are more on the ball. Yes. Okay, another moment I love. Uh, Prue and Phoebe run into P3 and Piper is standing on the bar doing her coyote ugly thing. She's wearing her, like, backless halter red pleather top and her tight black pants. And she's, like, dancing and pouring drinks on guys and, like... Did we explain what Coyote Ugly was? We talked about it a little bit at the yeah. beginning of the episode. But did we explain that it's a bar where sexy ladies dance on tables for men? Yes, we did. Okay. I'm j I just wanted to make sure. Yeah. Uh, we actually had to take a break to... Uh, we had to take a break in the middle of this recording. If, if you noticed a little disjoint earlier, that would be what that was. Yes. So, uh, yeah, Prue and Phoebe run into P3 and they're like, maybe, maybe she's not possessed. Maybe everything's okay. And then they see her dancing on the bar and Prue goes, hope dashed. <laughs> uh, it's pretty great. I mean, I know Piper's doing other stuff, but shouldn't it be, shouldn't Piper's ducky have been obsessed with her and not with Prue? Well, I mean, you're the one who called him her ducky. Like, he was just some guy i mean honestly he probably hung around piper because he had a crush on prue ah uh, so this random woman comes up at at first i thought it was one of the bully lady but it's not it's a different lady yeah she's probably like the bully lady's harmony yes. to the bully lady's uh cordelia and she tells prue she's like uh so i know what piper's going through and prue's like you do and she's like yeah i used to have problems with you know drinking myself Here's a card for an organization that can help her when she's ready. And Prue's like, thanks? Hey, I respect that. She, like, saw Piper and she's like, oh, okay, well, as someone in recovery, I'm a little worried about her and I would like to help. Like, I, I respect that. Even though... I think it's supposed to be played for comedy. I mean, it's not not funny or... It's not bad. It's just I'm like, I don't get the point of this. Was it a joke? Was it... Yeah, I think it's just a joke. But it, it's like, also, this person who you haven't seen in ten years is is dancing sexy. Like, maybe that's just who she is now. Yeah. So, 
the uh, bully lady's like, oh, who does she think she's fooling? Trying to act like the life of the party. And uh, Pru's like, you know, she's she's grinding on your husband. And the bully lady bursts into tears and runs out of the room. And Prue goes over to the husband. She's like, you should probably check on your wife. Uh Hey, Piper, let's go have a word in the alley. So they take her out into the alley and they're like, yep, we know that you are a spirit who's possessed Piper. And she's like, ooh, what are you going to do? Say a rhyming couplet to me? It's great. (laughs) Yes. And she's like, look. The only way that you can get out of a body is to stab that body in the heart. So if that's what you want, I guess that's what I'll do. Yeah. She's like, I know you want to put me back in the bottle, but I can't be put in the bottle when I'm in a body. And the only way I can get out of a body is if the body's dead. So she picks up a knife and she's just about to jam it into herself when they're like, no, stop. And she's like, hmm. She takes the knife out of the dead body that's still in the alley. Yes. (laughs) So that's the situation. Oh, uh, also, I, I don't actually think we mentioned this. The human soul can, like, bodies can't have more than one soul at a time. Right, that's where the souls were pushed out. And and they die if they're out of their body for too long. Yeah, so Piper is dying within, or not within, but she's... Without! Di- yeah, she's dying without her body. So, they're at an impasse. Piper goes back into P3... Prue follows her, and they start fighting and, like, beating each other up. And some guy is like, ooh, cat fight! And it's like... Uh, don't be that guy. It's like being the guy who yelled Freebird. And then Missy, the, the bully lady, is like, I knew they were lying when they said they were close. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Jerome. Jerome is like, oh, wow, this is messed up. Let me take your sister that you've just knocked unconscious back to your house for you. I, I feel like I would have questions, but... Well, I mean, honestly, I feel like what I would assume, if I was in this situation, I would assume that they both got a little drunk, they got into a fight, they probably both needed a lift home and some coffee and water and some Pedialyte so they don't get a hangover. And Prue has a plan, but she doesn't want to share it. She's like, just trust me, Phoebe, let's go get Leo. Yeah, she's like, oh, if she has the alchemist's powers because she was made from the alchemist then she must have the ability to bring people back from the dead i have an idea and phoebe's like do you want to tell me the idea no not 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 so much no and and that is a thing we we were told earlier that she has all of the alchemist powers she has all of the alchemist powers and all of piper's powers which is as you said why she was able to electrocute leo so Prue is having a conversation with Piper where she's like, I'm so sorry. I let you down as your sister. And Please forgive me for what I'm about to do. And then she telekinetically throws a knife into Piper's heart. Okay, and this to- makes total sense to me. That she wouldn't do it physically herself? Yes, and and I had... I mean, I, I guess it is physically herself if you're doing it telekinetically, but... I'm going to explain it using the trolley problem. Okay. So we all know the trolley problem now because it's been like a thing we've been talking about. It's been a meme. It's been memefied. Mm-hmm. So the trolley problem, when the question is, would you throw a switch that switches the train track? And then sometimes it's asked, would you push a person in front of the trolley to stop it? And regardless of the answer, a different part, they've, they've asked these questions of people when they're in fMRI machines. Mm-hmm. And a different part of the brain activates depending on what the question is. So if you have to flip a switch to do it, 
a different part of your logical problem solving activates than if you have to do the act physically yourself. Mm. So that's why she had to use her telekinesis to throw the knife. I think it is also a distance thing because, uh, as was stated by, as was stated by Tara earlier, she will immediately go into the closest body, except when she killed herself in front of the alchemist. Oh yes, of course. She also wanted to be. Yes, she also didn't want to be the closest body, of that's, course. That's why she needed to find, uh, that's why she needed to get Piper alone before stabbing herself in front of her to possess her body. So. You're right, that was, that was definitely the answer and not, and not <laughs> the thing I said. So Phoebe and Leo rush into the room and Prue tackles Phoebe out of the way. Yeah, so that Tara's soul goes into Leo. And, and Tara's like, you know what? I can work with this. Kind of honky. I, you know, I, I can deal. And Prue's like, look, we need you to combine your bringing people back from the dead power and Leo's healing power to bring Piper back. And Tara's like, why would I do that? And Prue's like, um, I will stab you in the heart if you don't. But if you do, I will give you the bottle back so that you can just beat Leo. So she's like, okay, I guess whatever. And she does, she in Leo's body does the thing. She brings Piper back. They give Leo the bottle and then they run over to Piper and... They start, you know, the couplet. Which, I do like how uh, she tries to blast them and Prue just deflects it. Yeah, it's, it's, she deflects it so casually too. And Tara has smashed the bottle. So when the soul leaves Leo, it just like... Explodes. Explodes. Poor Tara. It's weird that it didn't go into one of the sisters. I mean, I guess the spell stopped That's what it. the spell was. Yeah, the spell was expelling it. I do like that they explicitly, the reason they couldn't do this before, because they needed, they needed Piper for it. The reason they couldn't do it before is because it's a power of three spell. Because right. Tara was made from the alchemist, so she also required a power of three spell to vanquish. And obviously, as long as she was in Piper's body, that wasn't going to work. You know, this episode is so tightly written. Like, everything comes together. It's really funny. I... Yeah, this... Uh, I When I saw that this was a Coyote Ugly parody, I was like, oh, no, it's going to be bad. And we were on such a run of good episodes, but this episode is way better than I thought it was going to be. This... I... A plus. A plus this episode. And uh, back at the bar, everyone's decompressing. We're doing our, you know... End of episode... Wrap up. Wrap up. And Piper's like, hey, Leo, I'm, I'm glad you immediately recognized it wasn't me from my kiss so we don't have to have a Buffy and Riley fight. Know. Yes. And Piper's also like, hey, Prue, you couldn't come up with any plan other than stabbing me in the chest? And Prue's like, eh. I mean, I know Cruz is the one that sticks, but I really feel like Piper dies more than any other sister. Oh, I'm sure she does. I'd have to look into it, but I'm sure she does. So then Justin... <laughs> Justin comes back and he's like, hey, Prue, so, uh, what hell, what, what, what happened? What the hell was this night? And Prue's like, don't worry about it. By the way, I, uh, I took young dudes off my list, so if you want to- The list of people she wouldn't date. Yeah, because he talked about his list of people that he wouldn't date and it was women like her because she's too hot. And she's like, well, I won't date you because on my list is guys who are too young. And now she's like- uh, I took guys who were too young off my list. <laughs> we're not going to see Justin again. Don't worry about it. 
Uh, so then there's a moment with Leo and Phoebe where Leo's like, hey, I heard you were really upset about Cole. And Phoebe's like, how come I didn't know Cole was evil, but you immediately knew that Piper wasn't Piper? And Leo's like, that's totally different. Also, like, you couldn't fight Cole because he seduced you. That's what seduction is. It makes it, you, you don't know to resist it. Yes. These two situations are not analogous. You started a relationship with Cole when he was already evil. I started a relationship with Piper when she was good, and I noticed when she was overtaken by a completely different person. These Also, Phoebe's upset that Piper was able to fight off the possession, and he's like, that is also different. Like, it's... Yeah, there's this... This is kind of the start of this weird thing where they treat Cole and Balthazar like they're different people, which they're not. If you're, if you're half demon and half human, that doesn't mean, like... It... it, it, it yeah, you are what you, you are. You're you're both. You are both human and demon. It, it's not like just being possessed all the time. That's not how that works. I thought this was where Phoebe told Leo, because I know Leo finds out that Cole's still alive before everyone else. Mm-hmm. I thought that was here. I guess it's not. I, it, is, it is before everyone else, though. You're right about that. And that's it for this episode. This episode, I mean, this was all very good. This was a very good episode. It's funny, but it takes itself seriously. It's yeah. This was a solid. This was a solid episode. Uh, do you think it's going to continue? I don't know. Oh Let's God, see what's, what's next. the next one. Oh no, no, I really meant. I really meant that. I, oh. I don't know. Oh, oh no. Next is we all scream for ice cream. Oh God. Oh. Okay, so I don't think this is a good episode, but I'm so excited to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this episode. The description on Peacock is. An ice cream man lures the witches into an alternate dimension. That's a very liberal summary of what happens in that episode. But, you know, it's... Also, is this the first appearance of New Dad? Um... It might not be. I know New Dad shows up before Prue dies, and honestly, we're kind of running out of uh, time on that front. I think think he doesn't show up until... uh... Piper's wedding. Piper's wedding, which is which is also coming up in very few episodes. That Piper's wedding is episode fifteen, and we're on. We're we just finished nine. So yeah, I believe that will take us to our segments. Much like the charmed ones, we have our own power of three. Let's dip into the first power in our pack, premonition, where we look into the past, present, and future and see who is, was, or will become famous. We were very, very, very upfront about this. Yep. Yeah. Rain Wilson. Rain Wilson. Dwight. Also some guy from uh, Six Feet Under. Was he... Uh... Rain Wilson was in Six Feet Under. I didn't watch that, though. Oh. Oh. Uh, I, I thought maybe one of the other people. Oh, I mean, they might have been. I didn't look up anyone else because Rain, Rain Wilson. Wilson. It's the obvious one. Uh, he was in that super movie that no one saw. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he was in... Um, oh, he was in the movie The Rocker. Yeah, which no one saw. I saw it. You did? I did. Uh, yeah, he plays he plays a guy who was a drummer who got kicked out of the band right before the band became famous. Oh, uh, he Pete bested, huh? Yep, yep. And he was in, he had his own procedural TV show, I forget the name of it, but it was filmed in Portland. I'm assuming he's just living off that office money, though. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. There was the attempted Dwight spinoff that did not make it off the ground, The, the Farm. farm. Oof. I mean, don't get me wrong, I love Thomas Middleditch, but that was not going to carry its own, uh... No, no, no. It, 
Uh, Dwight's a character that works in small doses. You, you don't want a whole show of him. But he was, he, I, I really enjoyed him in this episode. Honestly, he works as kind of a monster of the week, bad guy in this sort of camp genre show. Also, it's, it's exciting. It's exciting to see him, you know, be the monster of the week. Yeah, this is the beginning of us starting to see more people who, I mean, obviously it's not the beginning. We had, a. Uh, we had, uh, what's-her-face? Amy Adams. We had Amy Adams in, uh, the Murphy's Luck episode, but it's fun when we're getting into the more, okay, uh, oh, almost thought... every other episode has. Yeah, I thought you were gonna say we had John Cho. Oh, duh, also, yeah, I'm sorry, this show had that right off the bat with John Cho. Yeah, but, I mean, just to, just to give a little preview, I mean, we've got, we've got John Hamm coming up. Uh... So, Yes. Oh, I'm excited for, um, Siler. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Spock. Or Zachary Quinto, if you prefer. Right, right. The guy from the chair. How weird is it that there have been, like, three Spocks? In re- like, because he was Spock in the movies, but I heard the TV shows had a different Spock, and apparently there's another one. I don't know. Well, Spock, the character is long-lived so it makes sense that if you're doing shows across several generations it would give you a sense of continuity so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm cool with that i guess it, it just seems weird because you know leonard nimoy played him for so long and then there's like four di- i'm saying four i think there's only two it's two young spocks well i mean it's, maybe it's... maybe i know leonard nimoy has passed and that is tragic but also maybe just because you play a character for a long time you don't own him maybe you should let someone else be evan hansen someone who's more age appropriate mm. let let me amend what i was saying earlier i feel like zachary quinto is a not famous enough to turn his you know to turn down a tv role like that i feel like he should just be playing spock for the next oh you want zachary quinto to just be spock okay yeah because it seems weird that you cast a guy who's like approximately his age to also play spock in a tv show instead of just getting zachary quinto i guess that is weird huh i have a lot of respect for him though because he took his name off shane dawson's movie as a producer during the chair when when he saw the finished product Mm. (laughs) i like that all right, so uh, that's premonition. That'll bring us to the second power in our pack, time freeze. What specifically dated this episode? High school reunions, right? Coyote ugly. Oh, duh! Obviously, coyote ugly. Uh, I guess the, I, I would have looked up if that bar's still running. I would be very surprised, but yes, that is a very, very era specific thing. It, it was a big fad, and I feel like there were a lot of those bars that almost immediately closed down because. The woman whose book I read, who talked uh-huh. about it in her book, which uh, I think it's called uh, I Hate Everybody, Including Myself. Oh, okay. I think that was the name of the book. It's really funny. I'm, I'm going to look it up. Although I haven't read it in a few years, so maybe it, it doesn't hold up. But I think they have like a bar for dancing and then a separate bar for actually serving alcohol. Oh, okay. That makes sense. But then also, like, what are we doing here? Yeah, I think it's like a stage bar and then a real bar. Oh, what are we doing here? I think. It's been a while since I read the book, too. So, uh, the weird thing about this episode, time Mm freeze-wise, is that there wasn't, like, old tech or anything like that that you can point to. It's just the vibe of this episode feels like the kind of thing that would definitely be made in the year 2000. Also, the guy talking about how you don't use metal in video games anymore. Metal, the music, music. genre. Yeah. 
but yeah, it, it does feel very specifically dated, but not not in a way that makes it hard to watch now, or not hard to watch, but you know, it, it's the sort of thing that I feel like you kind of wouldn't recognize if you hadn't lived through it. Mm-hmm. Like, outside of the name of the episode, I feel like if you weren't familiar with Coyote Ugly around, you know, that time, you would not get that that was a Coyote Ugly reference. Yeah, I think it just, it brought back a lot of nostalgia for me for a very specific time when I was finishing high school, starting college, and yes, other than that, it's it probably could be fairly timeless. Hmm. All right, so uh, telekinesis, our last segment. What, if anything, genuinely moved you this episode? Okay, so I really did like the scene with Leo comforting Phoebe, the final scene of the episode. And part of my brain was like, oh, they start dating later. That makes total sense. Not Phoebe and Leo. Brian Krause and Alyssa Milano. Mm-hmm. Because you can kind of see how much he cares about her there. And I'm like, Brian Krause isn't that good an actor. <laughs> well, one of the things I like about Phoebe and Leo's relationship, which I do feel like they lose later in the show, is that they feel kind of more like genuine friends mm-hmm. than, honestly, Phoebe gets period because, or Leo gets period because they don't really interact with anyone outside of the family. And I do like this connection that they have outside of... You know. Uh, their relationship to Piper. Yeah. And they have that connection because Phoebe knew his deal about him being a white lighter before even Piper did. Like, they have they have a bond. Yeah. Okay, see, I didn't really have anything that I emotionally connected with outside of just genuinely really enjoying this episode. Okay, well, so, I actually have a secret power. Ooh, one of our uh, two secret powers. Yeah, which is levitation, which is what kick-ass moment just made you just... Rise, rise up. up and it it's when uh before before they know that piper is possessed when prue's like you don't have to take that from her and piper's like oh i don't well then let me just go kick that bitch's ass it's pretty yeah that that that's my moment just the way she immediately shifts gears there yes yes so I believe that'll about do it for this week. Yeah, I think that does it for this week. Our show is partially listener-supported. If you want to be one of our supporters, you should head over to our website, www.welcometotelevision.net, and click on our Patreon link. We'd like to thank our current $5 and above patrons, Beryl, Patricia, Rosa, Ryan, Maricruz, Benjamin, Kate, Jen, and Dan. If you'd like to support the show in other ways, you could always rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find the show. If you want to talk about this episode or any episode or any episode of any television show, you should join our Facebook group, Welcome to Television. We can also be contacted at I Love TV Zines on Twitter or at I Love Television Zines at gmail.com. So until next time, I'm Tina. And I'm Max. And this has been Welcome to Hallowell Manor. Mm-hmm.